He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you on a major championship Monday. The PGA Championship is here at Kiowa Island. We have got some great PGA talk, talk coming up later in this show, as well as on tomorrow's full preview. We'll also be out at Karsten Creek on Wednesday for the final round of the Stillwater Regional for the NCAA Regionals. We'll give you a breakdown of all the regionals coming up here in just a few minutes, but the Byron Nelson was played. It took a long time. It took a lot of work by the grounds crew to get the final three holes in at TPC Craig Ranch. The skies opened and rain poured down, but finally, after many, many squeegees, went across the greens at TPC Craig Ranch. K.H. Lee was able to clean up his bogey on 16 and then finished birdie, birdie on 17-18 for his first PGA Tour win. It was uh, awesome. Taylor, you've talked about Keith Mitchell has one of the underrated swings on the tour. K.H. Lee, I think also has one of the underrated swings on the tour. He was striping it all week, and he's a deserving PGA Tour champion. Vaults him from 137th in the official world golf rankings to 59th and gets him in the field for the PGA Championship. Just a monumental week for K.H. Lee's career. You're telling me they didn't cancel it? They did not cancel it. They did not cancel it. They uh, they decided to go ahead and play. I, oh, uh, Kyle Porter had a great tweet where they, right as soon as the rain delay came where um, they had like three holes left to play. They showed a picture of the guys in Baton Rouge, and they quoted it and said, we are giving John Rahm the, the trophy here. We will see you all at Kiowa next week. <laughs> <laughs> Did John Rahm make the cut? Or was he even in the field? He was the highest-ranked player in the field, I believe. Was he? Did he make the cut? I have no idea. I, I, didn't, I didn't see much about him all week. He was finished 34th. Finished 34th? Okay. Tied for 34th. Respectable. 13 under. Respectable. Most weeks you would love to be thirteen under. Right. Not this week. How about the scoring? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, let's get into that, guys. I mean, obviously we started off and the first day, Thursday, minus five got you like T thirtieth. So we're sitting there like, man, are they playing a pitch and putt, and that's what you hear. But you know, we've all we all know what it's like to play in Texas. You have to set it up in case the wind does end up getting to blow, and it's not the narrowest course in the world. So whenever you do that, the guys are just going to light it up. But whenever you look at it, guys, I mean, minus 13 got you T34, uh, minus 16 got you T17. I mean, good Lord, guys. I mean, what uh, minus 18 was T9? Yeah, you had to be you had to be 18 under throughout the course of four rounds to get a T9 on the I, PGA Tour. I might have an unpopular opinion here, but I kind of loved – TPC Craig Ranch. Did I you? mean, every once in a while, I kind of like just a birdie fest, but but I I liked the course. I, I I you know sometimes I like to see guys go low, and I mean it's not everybody's cup of tea, but every once in a while it doesn't bother me. Well, I mean, I thought yesterday was was a great example. I mean, anyone who watched those few holes where what was it probably an hour up before they ended up calling it for lightning? I mean, the rain was coming down good. I mean, what was it sixteen where it was where they were all hitting it like two thirty off the tee box and having two forty in? I mean, it was there was holes that was playing. Uh, there was par fives. They were playing as par fours and par fours. They were playing as par fives, and so I, I, I think it's fun, to especially watching playing in tough conditions like that. And um, you know, it makes me uh, reminds me of why I don't like to golf when it rains because it doesn't look like a whole lot of fun. <laughs> well, See, I don't know. I I kind of enjoy golfing in the rain. It's always been something that I've liked. I don't know that I would want to play tournament golf in well, the rain. I like going out with my buddies and just like 
just playing in the rain. Just don't don't use a glove. Take your hat off. No, we're not playing for money at this point. Just one, hit shots in the rain. I think it's fun. One thing you realize is that these pros would always rather play in the rain other than the wind. You know what I mean? Well, that's and, and the rain, yeah. I mean, softens the course, and everyone's strokes gained approach this week was pretty solid. Very interesting stat this week. K.H. Lee uh, gained – over two shots on the field approach, and we talk about that stat every week. Uh, but inter- it, interestingly enough, uh, Will Zalatoris actually led the field by far this week in strokes gained approach. However, he's the only guy in the top 25 uh, that was negative strokes gained on the greens, and he was negative a whole shot on the greens. Uh, so <laughs> that's why he ends up losing by nine. I mean, he shot 16 under, so he still played well. Uh, but it's still an interesting stat for a guy to gain two, like almost two and a half shots on the field strokes gained approach uh, and lose by nine. Yeah, it's remarkable how well Will Zalatoris hits the ball. And, you know, it's like we saw at Augusta. He putted well at Augusta and he contended. I feel like any time he putts well, he'll contend because he hits it so good. I think the driver is a little bit of concern for Will Zalatoris, you know, especially at Kiowa this week. You can't exactly spray the driver at Kiowa. But, man, if he could get the putter rolling, you know, he's got the arm lock going. He's got the arm lock and the claw, very Webb Simpson-esque, pretty much the exact same uh, stance and grip and everything that Webb Simpson uses I don't know it's just some guys aren't consistent putters and that's just the the way of the world I think Will Zalatoris is going to be one of those guys throughout his career because we, we see guys who are bad putters have good putting weeks like Hideki at the Masters right. but we don't see him all of a sudden transform into great putters on the PGA Tour right and that's gonna that's gonna hinder him um you know unless he gets it really figured out like even at the Masters even though he was making some putts it still didn't look uh, pleasing to the eye, you know. I, I, I would. That's how I would put it. Uh, but no, like get, going back to KH Lee, you know, his first career PGA Tour win and his 80th start. Um, you know that huge win for him. We obviously saw him play well. Uh, was it in Phoenix? Was it at the Waste Management? I think he played then, well a few times this year. But yeah. yes, he did play well in Phoenix. Yeah, played and, well uh, a couple times in Florida too. But, but that's just huge for a guy like that. Uh, you know, it fully exempt through the 2022-2023 season, um, you know, and then uh, uh, earns 500 FedEx Cup points and actually moves all the way up to 29th in the FedEx Cup standings. I mean, that's huge for a guy like that. Yeah, it was awesome. And, and his wife was there. They're expecting their first child in July. So they took the picture and she's uh, she looks like she's expecting a child in July. Was, you, I mean, they look great. Did, did you see who was waiting on him? Who, who was waiting on him? Sung Kang. Was he really? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Sung Kang's defending champion as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so he was hanging around. But I thought the story of how K.H. Lee picked up the game of golf was really interesting. K.H. Lee did not start playing golf until he was 12 years old. He was 12 when he picked up a golf club. And he started playing golf because he was an overweight kid and he needed to lose weight. So he needed to do some sort of physical activity. So he was kind of just picking up golf as something to do just to get healthy. And then I'm assuming one day everybody was like, hey, man, you're pretty good at this. And he was like, yeah, this is kind of fun. And now he's a top 60 player in the world. He's playing in the PGA Championship this week. This will be the third time he's teed it up in a major. He qualified for the 2014 U.S. Open, missed the cut. Qualified for the 2019 U.S. Open, missed the cut now he goes into the pga championship this year as a pga tour winner and it's just amazing how much one good week can change someone's life all the exemptions all the majors he's going to get to play in the nearly one and a half million dollar check that he pocketed with the baby on the way in july and i I really 
respected and commended him for going on national television in front of millions of people and speaking a language that he is clearly still learning and is still not fully familiar with. He, he gave it the old college try and he did really well. You know, yeah. you could tell it's, it's, it's broken English. He even said, you know, I, I need to learn my English better, but I thought it was, it was really cool for him to give all of his answers in English, even though you could tell uh, that he wasn't really comfortable with that. That that was probably the most nervous part of the week for him because you know there's millions of people watching you speak a language that you really don't fully grasp yet. So I just thought it was really cool for KH Lee. And I thought it was cool because, um, you know, we got a glimpse into his personality, whereas, like, um, Hideki has a little bit of a more shy personality and everything. Um, and when the only reason why I'm comparing them is because they were both using translators. But when we when we had uh, KH Lee come and at least try, we got a glimpse into his personality and everything. So I think that um, even if you know guys don't necessarily have English as their first language, if they just try and give us a glimpse, you know, they, like we get to know these guys better, and I love that. Yeah, I honestly think it's more about Hideki's personality than his yeah, English. I, I, totally I think Hideki's agree. just shy yeah. and doesn't want to do interviews, so he just doesn't do them in English. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Taylor, Cage Lee, all the exemptions, playing in the PGA this week. It's a big week. Sam Burns faded on Sunday. Jordan Spieth faded on Sunday. So the only guys that played well were too far behind to start the day. Well, you know, this is, this is the way I look at it, and this is why I always – are such a big advocate on don't give these exemptions to just random people who don't earn it because uh, KH Lee, so going back here, so back in 2016, got to probably the highest he had been in the World Golf Rankings, around the 115 range, played a lot on the Corn Ferry and the uh, Japanese Tour, was able to get up there. Gotten all the way down to the start of the year, guys. In, in about 2018, he fell around the 350 range. But to start the year, because you guys iterated to waste management, to start of 20 um, of 2021, he was 265th in the world. After that, T-second moves all the way up to 142nd. Um, going Leading into this event, guys, he had made four Four straight cuts um, going back from the Valero, Texas Open, all the way till even making the cut at the Wells Fargo. Then all of a sudden he wins this week, and he goes from a, a outside top 250 player in the world to inside the top 60 and in a major championship. So yep. it just goes to show how deep the game of golf is and how, you know, if you if certain players are given the opportunity, they can take advantage of it and literally change their lives like KH Lee just did yesterday. Yeah, yeah and I guess he had a new putter this week, which obviously worked phenomenally well. Yeah, it was the interesting. Rock. They were talking about switching from a mallet to a blade, and Nick Faldo kept talking about how it changes your alignment. He's exactly right on that. And it's, it's, it's always funny how we talk about how the honeymoon effect in golf, but – People who either haven't fully experienced it or played golf or had a lot of different golf clubs probably don't understand, you know, just how good a new golf club can feel. Or not even a new one. It can be an old club that's been in the closet for 10 years. You know, you just pick it up, and if you feel confident with it, you're going to, especially a putter, you're going to make everything you look at. Yep. And that's how you get to 25 under. I don't know how to get 25 under, but KH Lee showed us how to do it. <laughs> yeah, and you know who else was putting good on the greens yesterday was Patton Kazire, one of my DraftKings picks. You know, he gained seven shots on the field yesterday uh, total and gained about three and a half on the field putting. Uh, Patton Kazire, you know, he – He's a sneaky guy that uh, in DraftKings where he makes a ton of cuts, and when he got it rolling yesterday, we saw what he can do too. Yeah, we saw a lot of his potential. I can't remember. It was probably two or two or three, maybe even a little longer. And right after he, he went to Auburn, right as soon as he came out of Auburn, he was right along those lines of not necessarily the speed or JTS young guy, but he came out guns blazing, kind of lost his game a little bit. I think he had some injury concerns. But, um, but you know, guys, one thing I want to ask about Kazire, and the same would go for – probably Daniel Berger and uh, some of these other guys. Like, 
Whenever, whenever you're already in the house at at twenty one, I guess uh, Stallings and Swartz who finished at twenty one wouldn't fit this case because they weren't in. But whenever you finish, because Kazire went out before essentially and was able to post a sixty three best round of the day, I believe, and uh, Daniel Berger shot an eight under, and it's like. You know, KH Lee's out there, what was he, 23, 24 under at the, at the time with a yeah. par putt on 16? It seemed like he was chilling at 23 under for a little bit. Yeah, he, yeah. he was He was 24 on 16, though, because he made bogey there and then birdied the last two to right. finish yeah, at 25. So, so whenever the horn blows, 24 under with a 12-foot par putt, and you don't know what the weather's going to be like, I, and you don't know how long the weather delay's going to be, I think that's something that has to be taken apart here. I mean... What do these? What do, what do people like Berger and Kazire do during this time? I mean, I mean, are they sitting there chilling? Are they expecting there to be a playoff? Obviously, they're not doing the Deschambeau and flying out of town yet. I wouldn't think. I mean, <laughs> that's got to be a weird situation to be the leader in the clubhouse with multiple people still on the court. I say multiple people. There was like three groups left, but someone who was had a clear advantage and was the guy to lose. He and if KH Lee would have lost this tournament, no one would have went out and won it. He would have lost it at that point. And so it's like, I mean. What do you what do you do? I mean, do you well, how much and, prep do you and how do you mentally prepare yourself in case there is a playoff and in case he does falter? And I mean, do you sit around for let's just say the weather delay lasted a couple more hours? I mean, do you wait six hours because there is also a major championship this next week? I don't know. I, I, that was the one thing I thought about was how tricky yeah. of a situation it would have put uh, Berger and because I and some of those other guys like that. I um, mean, who, in this particular situation, it was kind of a long shot because you still had to dodge Sam Burns as well. Um, to have that happen. You I know, think I would have so. stuck around, though. I mean, oh, well, I mean, obviously you're going to stick I around, I stuck but around. I, I would have a hard time. But but I'd have them fueling but, up the jet. I'd, I'd be sticking around, but I'd tell them, hey, go ahead and crank up the engines. But, but, we'll, we'll be ready to go soon. But here here is my point, right? Okay, so... Like on 16, they have squeegees on the greens. I mean, they're total. The course is playing entirely <laughs> different. 16 was a hole that they hit. Uh, they were hitting, haven't hit hybrids and irons into, and there still wasn't enough clubs. Kazire so. was saying it was playing as the toughest hole maybe all year. It, it probably was playing uphill and into the wind. Had to carry it to. 80 to carry the bunkers in the wind. Hardly anyone was doing it. Well, and, and no roll, obviously, with how wet it was. Uh, exactly. And so, you know, my point being is that, you know, whenever there's rain coming and you don't know what to expect, if the conditions get worse, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. KH Lee could have bogeyed coming in. I mean, all he would have had it done was miss that putt on um, 16, then bogey 17 and 18. There he is, 21 under. Um, Sam Burns got the 22 under, as you saw. But if the conditions had gotten worse instead of lightened up a little bit like they did, um, you never know. I, I just – I thought that was an interesting situation for t- especially someone like Daniel Berger, who is probably not at the top of the list of favorites, but one of the main guys that a lot of people are looking at going into Kiowa next week. One more guy I wanted to bring up is Schwartzel. He's sneaky, been playing some really good golf uh, lately. I mean, just look at his stats this week. Uh, strokes gained approach. It seems like the last four weeks or so, he's been up there in strokes gained approach every week. Um, and then another guy that really surprised me this week. Luke Donald. Luke <laughs> tied, Donald, resurrection. Tied, tied for 13th at 17 under. Well, you mentioned. Gained two shots on the field, strokes gained approach. That's what I was about to say. You were talking about the strokes gained approach earlier, and I do believe that um, that Luke Donald was one of the few that was up there. I saw his name, and I said, wait, what? I did not expect him to, uh, to be one. And he was plus uh, 1.35 around the green, so that, that obviously is where he makes most of his mainstay. Um, but you – Iterated to Swartzel earlier, Sam. Um, going back to the Valero Texas Open, 
He was 211th in the world. He currently sits at 109. And world, official World Golf Rankings does not include his solo second that he had with Louis at the um, at the uh, team event in Zurich. Yeah, in and, he, and he might even be higher if Louis hadn't pushed it into the ocean off the tee at well, the 18th. He, he he would have another win to his name. The rankings don't count for right. that. So right. yeah, but yeah, so yeah, that would have he would have had more FedEx Cup points at least to put that. Way. But yeah, I mean, just going back, I'll read backwards. Finished third this last week, 14th at uh, Quail Hollow, um, 21st at the Valspar, 26th at the Masters. Um, yeah, hasn't missed a cut his last six tournaments, but before that had been struggling. But yeah, it looks like he's got his um, his game. Looks like he's got his game figured out, and more importantly, he's figured out some uh, sort some sort of putter to use even as ugly as that thing looks. Yeah, he's still using the, uh, or well, he's gone back to the putter that has the shaft going into the back of the putter head. Shout out to uh, Quaid, too. Shout out Quaid Cummins. <laughs> They're uh, down in Albuquerque. We'll give you an update momentarily. But Taylor Gooch, our man TG, finishes T39, 12 under. Uh, did make a big putt on Friday afternoon. Had to make a 17-footer on his last hole to make the cut. He did make it. Then he only shoots 71 yesterday on Sunday and ends up finishing T39. How so. much money did he make? Uh... You should know for the one and done, Colby. Uh, well, I, whatever I, it is, just add $109 yeah, to whatever it. Whatever it is, throw on a uh, <laughs> Damian Lillard jersey since he took Sam on a bet last night. Sam, yeah. any, any defense for your bets that you keep losing? No, it, I mean, this is ridiculous. The Nuggets. <laughs> keep losing. The, it I was mean, set you're up, on a cold streak like I've never seen. It was set up perfect. The freaking uh, should we say what the bet is yeah you can say what the bet is the, the, bet, was that, the bet was that uh, the Blazers would not get to 42 wins this bet was made mid to late April whenever the Blazers had I think 30 wins they had to win 10 more games from that point forward they had to win and, 10 of their last 16 they lost the first 4 so then they had to win 10 of their last 12 and they went ahead and capped that off Gooch, last night like I I I, I had tweeted something like, there's no way they get to 42 wins. And he goes, want to bet? And and I go, absolutely. You know, like, and, and I I bet him. And he said, if I win, I get a, you know, Damian Lillard jersey. And, and I said, if I win, you know, um, I'll, I'll get some uh, Jordan golf shoes. And so, uh, and basically what happened was uh, the Nuggets tried to lose last night. And, and they succeeded. Yeah, and they succeeded. To so, the Blazers. Yeah. So, so you bought TG a Damian Lillard jersey. I had to buy him a Damian Lillard jersey. Oh, so. How'd that feel? Click and submit on the order. Uh, unbelievable, yeah. dude. Yeah. Uh, Brutal. I'm not over it yet. Bad beat. Bad beat. 10, 10 to 12 for the Blazers. Bad dude, beat. I mean, I can't remember the last time I won a bet. Bad beat. I, you, you, know <laughs> where, two of you know where it all went wrong, Sam? <laughs> it's when you denied your uh, great father, Craig Humphreys, the Rory miscut at the Masters bet. And then I got it right. Yeah, and, and then ever oh, since you yeah. didn't claim that bet, that's when it's all gone downhill for it's you. It's true. The betting gods. The betting gods have gotten after you. And, and um, Colby mentioned he has not seen anything like it. I have seen something like it. I have, uh, A.K. Randy Williams, I've seen my father <laughs> on, on losing streaks like no other, so I... I have seen something like this before, Sam. You are not alone, trust me. <laughs> no doubt about it. That's uh, If you want unpredictable, follow Sam's bet. If you want predictable, go to the Oklahoma Spine Clinic. You always know exactly what you're going to get at the Oklahoma Spine Clinic. Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley are both avid golfers with high-quality, individualized patient care. Total complete spine care at the Spine Clinic. Dr. Beecham does non-invasive. The Spine Clinic offers the capability to approach all options before surgery. Dr. Beecham specializes in interventional pain management, and he is 
is double board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. However, if you are needing back surgery, Dr. Brawler received the honor of being listed as one of the top 20 under 40 spine surgeons in North America. Visit thespineclinicok.com located off Broadway Extension on Britain in Oklahoma City. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the 73rd hole. We'll come back on the other side. Still a lot to get to. We're going to break down the NCAA regionals, let you know who is where and what the plans are this week in Stillwater. Uh, As everyone is being weather aware in Stillwater the next few days, we could have uh, potentially some severe weather on the way this week. It is May in the state of Oklahoma, so we'll be keeping an eye on that and let you know what's happening there. We'll talk about Phil Mickelson accepting the exemption into the U.S. Open. Uh, and We'll talk a little bit about Kiowa, some of the early favorites. We'll just briefly touch on that before we bring you our full preview show tomorrow. Also, want to remind everyone, don't forget, next week is the Senior PGA Championship at Southern Hills. Go to GolfOklahoma.org right now. Check out everything that they have to offer and make sure you pick up your edition of the Senior PGA Championship preview of Golf Oklahoma Magazine. We'll take a break, come back on the other side, keep things rolling along here on a Monday. This is the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. We're back rolling along here on a Monday, a major championship Monday, just a few days away from the big boys teeing it up at Kiowa Island on what is set to be the longest course in major championship history, going more than 7,800 yards. We'll talk a little bit more about the PGA at the end of this show, as well as on tomorrow's full preview of the PGA championship. Uh, But gentlemen, the NCAA regionals are getting underway, and what better place to start than Stillwater Oklahoma as Oklahoma State gets to host a regional. Now, the way the regionals work is uh, Oklahoma State gets to host because they send the top seeds to whatever regional site is closest to them, assuming there's not already a top seed there. So since Oklahoma State is closer to Karsten Creek than Oklahoma is, Oklahoma State plays at Karsten Creek, and Oklahoma wound up out in Albuquerque as the number one overall seed. So Oklahoma State... Just to be uh, clear, it's because OU and OSU are both number one Seat. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, you know, we're not talking about the rankings. We're talking about the seeding. The seeding. Yes. Yeah. Both. Both number one seeds. Uh, and Oklahoma State off to let's call it a 
Uh, bad start, but a lot of golf left. A lot of golf left. Uh, Illinois out in front at five under. Auburn at three under. Northwestern at one under. A slew of teams at even par. And then Oklahoma State is down T6 with about five other teams at one over. Rough start for Amon Gupta, Jonas Baumgartner, Eugenio lopez Chikara, all over par, having played at least five holes. So not the best start for Oklahoma State, but a lot of golf left theoretically. But fellas, this is the big question this week. They're playing 36 today. The plan is to have 18 more tomorrow and Wednesday, but the weather gets real dicey, and as we saw last week, sometimes the golf doesn't get played when the rain comes in, and there's only so much you can do. I don't know how much it's going to rain over the next couple of days. We know it is going to rain. We just don't know how much, so hopefully they can get as many holes as they can in today, and I would just say this to everybody that's competing in this regional. You should go into today with the mindset that you need to be in the top six after After 36 holes because, boy, if you're sitting there at seventh and then it gets rained out the next two days, it's going to be a long offseason. They should be able to get it in on Wednesday, but shout out to them for being proactive and playing 36 today because tomorrow's weather looks horrible. Do they usually play a a first – First no. day, 36? It's well, usually not, 18, 18, Not in 18. regionals, not, but yeah, normally they go 18, 18, 18 in regionals, but however, most of the tournaments throughout the regular season are 36, 18. Um, so, you know, um, and well, I'm looking at this regional here in Stillwater, and I'm not sure OSU got the best draw here, boys. That's I what mean, I- Illinois, they're, they're Mike Small. I mean, he's legendary, and they're always good. Auburn's clearly um, always good. And then you have Alabama, who's kind of been, uh, you know, down this year, but they're still Alabama. And then SMU, who has uh, uh, McClure, right? And so, and then Baylor. Baylor has been struggling lately, and then Cooper Dossey, I mean, he could go off at any point, and obviously uh, no one knows that course better than Mike McGraw. Uh, so, you know, I'm looking here at this regional, guys, and OSU better OSU better play some golf. Yeah, you know, that's what I was saying um, whenever we uh, talked on our, um, our basically our 6A recap show and all of our state recap show and kind of iterated towards the end. I thought that th- this was the group of death, it seemed like. And, you know, guys, this is what I want to ask you. I mean, I'm looking outside right now, and we know that the rain's coming in, but, I mean, looks like it's really about as good at playing conditions as you can have right now. If the perfect day to play Karsten Creek, that's that, for That's sure. exactly what I was about to ask. So my question is, if you're OSU – wouldn't you want the conditions to get really tough since they Absolutely. played that course and yeah. they're used to it and don't want it to just be a, a essentially – it's not going to be as bad as TPC Craig Ranch was because it's a lot narrower, but, you know, just hit the fairways. Because also, too, in it range, your ball's not running out into the rough and it's not, right. you know, running into bad spots and the greens are so much softer. Yep. And with how multi-tiered those greens are, if you can just fly it onto the certain parts as opposed to having Correct. to run the undulations, I think it helps the people who haven't played that course a lot, a lot more. So I think if OSU wants a almost a sure-end shot to get in through the regional, you know, you, Let's let the wind pick up, and let's hopefully the rain can stay away. I'm not because sure I think that it that, will, though, today. The, oh, there, the there's, no, there's no chance that the rain does, let's just say, to a minimum scale. No, no, I'm talking about the wind. The oh, wind, the wind, yes. The wind is supposed to get all the way up to seven miles an hour this afternoon. Oh, the wall <laughs> of wind. Creek. The wall of wind. The wall, Dottie Pepper. A would seven be mile screaming. an hour east wind is pretty much uh, all, all that it needs that it needs to be. But, 
at Oklahoma State. You know, and it's going to be tough. Oklahoma State yeah. right now, again, we're only – Oklahoma State is uh, on holes five through eight. But right now, there are 13 teams in the regional. Right now, Oklahoma State sits solo 13th. They are in dead last by themselves now, as I've just refreshed the leaderboard. So, not a great start for Oklahoma State. And, yes, there is a lot of golf left. But there are good teams in this regional. There are six teams right now at even or better. Also, four of the top 25 teams in the country are in this regional. Illinois is the ninth-ranked team in the country. Auburn's the 15th-ranked team in the country. SMU sits at 21st. And, of course, Oklahoma State is the fourth-ranked team in the country. So, it's certainly a difficult regional. And Oklahoma State's going to have to pick it up a bit. Uh, OU is out in Albuquerque. Let me refresh the leaderboard. You know, one one thing look. to mention about OSU, and I highly doubt that this will be the case, but I mean, we saw them cancel a women's regional with no holes being played. I mean, who knows? If we have the worst weather apocalypse ever, 18 holes may be the difference in getting in. I mean, we just never know. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't think that that would be the case, but, but the weather's unpredictable. But, but when the weather's unpredictable, every single shot matters. And before we get off the Stillwater regional, we should tell people that if they do, and we might be having to go up there tomorrow, um, if they, if they, choose to play tomorrow but it looks the weather looks bleak tomorrow but uh wednesday we were planning on going up and doing our live coverage of the final round uh, at the 73rd hole on yeah, twitter 73rd, 73rd hole on instagram yep, yep uh and so we'll just have to play that by ear you can catch you know we should be up there on wednesday but we'll be tweeting out when we're actually going to be up there if we go up there tomorrow and the weather like clears up for tomorrow because then they'll be playing their final round tomorrow yeah so. we're just going to check the forecast and uh hope that we get it right uh ou is in albuquerque is the number one overall seed they are joined uh in this region by texas tech texas a&m arizona state new mexico stanford oregon state boise state those are the ranked teams uh here they're going all the way down just golf stat rankings uh top 50 teams in the country that i'm listing off there texas tech off to a good start early Texas A&M and Oklahoma, each one under as a team. So Oklahoma currently T2. Uh, Oklahoma being led early by Jonathan Brightwell, who's two under through his first two holes, and Logan McAllister, who's one under through his first three holes. And this, fellas, is a big week for our man, Quade Cummins, who needs to have a good performance. You look at the PGA Tour U rankings right now. I'm pulling them up right now, but I believe Quade has moved into sixth with Austin Eckro sitting in third and Garrett Reban sitting in fourth. And remember, it's the top five. That's where you got to be is in the top five. And Quaid is in sixth, and he trails uh, Chun on you of Arizona State by, let's call it, 79 points in the PGA Tour U rankings. And then the gap from Chun on you at five to Davis Thompson at two, only 28 points points. So Quade Cummins theoretically could finish in sixth where he's at now, or if he has a couple of great weeks, he could vault all the way up to number two. The gap is just so razor thin between all of those teams. He's a couple over through four holes right now, uh, but still a lot of golf left to be played out there in Albuquerque. So rooting hard for Quade and for Garrett Reband, uh, Eckrode, all those guys to get themselves into the top five of the PGA Tour U rankings. Well, you know, one thing is that, you know, obviously that's such a, a huge point, and unless I'm mistaken, I mean... It's going to be regionals and then nationals. I mean, there's not another tournament in between there, is there? I mean, no. And the only way is if is one of these kids plays a, a PJ Tour event. Because I don't even think, from the way I understand, I don't even think you get points and, if you play in the corn. And those don't actually count, do they? I think corn, for some reason, because I think we had this long debate, corn fairy doesn't count, but PJ Tour does. Which may be one of the reasons that Cole Hammer and um, uh, Pearson Cootie played this last week. Right. Uh, by the way, Cole Hammer, we said we were done talking about Byron Nelson. Cole Hammer missed a 10 foot on the last hole to make the cut. So thanks a lot, buddy. I appreciate to, you. Not, not good for to the miss the cut. He missed the cut. To miss the cut, yeah. yes, sorry. Miss, yeah. To miss the cut, yes. Yeah. Ma- missed the 10-footer to make the cut, so miss, he made yeah. the, missed the putt, and he was uh, not playing Saturday morning. Yeah. I just looked it up. Events that count toward the PGA Tour U rankings include 
college tournaments and PGA Tour events, including majors. Corn Ferry Tour events and other pro events will not count, which is a really weird system. So weird. That's, that's what we there. talked about when it first happened. It's so ignorant. Like you're playing for you're, yeah. you're playing for Corn Ferry status. If you get in a Corn Ferry event and do well, why the hell wouldn't that count? Yeah, it makes no sense. You're literally <laughs> playing to get onto the Corn Ferry, and the Corn or, Ferry doesn't count for points. It's a professional tournament on what is. Uh, I mean, obviously you go PGA Tour, European Tour, and then Corn Ferry Tour. I, I just I don't understand how those points don't count. But I don't know. is there an underlying? Is, maybe, is it PJ Tour sanctioned tournaments? Is that it? Maybe but no, I, I think it might I, be uh, because the whole point of it is to like keep guys in school, you know, and so like they would be going to the Corn Ferry like Q school anyways. Oh yeah. So if you give them okay, so but if the you reason give them, why they had yeah. to add PGA Tour events was because like if you win like the USAM and stuff, and right. then like that should. If you play the Masters, it well, should well, because count. if you play the Masters, there's also a decent chance that you have to miss a college tournament that week. That's yeah. right in the middle of college golf. So obviously, if you play the Masters, yeah. that should count for points if you're having to miss a college tournament for it. But uh, anyway, Oklahoma off to a decent start at that regional. So hopefully, uh, just stay in the top six. We just want to see Oklahoma and Oklahoma State at Greyhawk. Another regional is being hosted in Noblesville, Indiana, and this is the regional that is hosting the Texas Longhorns. They are tied at one under along with North Carolina Wilmington, uh, Louisville, and North Carolina. A couple of other teams of note. Tennessee is the host here for this regional. North Florida in this regional as well. Top 20 team in the country. So Texas, obviously, you've got the Cootie Brothers. You've got Cole Hammer. Some pretty lofty expectations on Texas. Travis Vick on that team as well as Mason Nome. Uh, both of those guys under par right now. For Louisville actually three under right now. Um, and then it goes, yeah. UNC oh, just refresh. Yep, 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 Louisville three under. Uh, but anyways, you know, this this region, I feel like Texas got a really good draw in this I think region. So um, kind of interesting to me that they got a better draw than Oklahoma State. I think um, maybe Oklahoma State got a worse draw because they're at their home course. Maybe. Could um, potentially. Or, or, so, or, since or maybe they won just, the national title there a couple years ago maybe, as well. Maybe it's maybe. just a coincidence. I don't know, but... They definitely, it seems like, so far got the toughest draw. Let me ask you all a question. And this is something I, I had literally just thought about. And, and I don't know if it, it ruined the integrity of it, but it seems like almost any other, and maybe I think uh, college baseball is different, but most, you know, like if you achieve a certain level of success, you're automatically in the national championship. And with how volatile golf can be, should there be an implementation of something set in to where maybe if you win the Power 5 conference like OSU did, you don't have to play a regional and you can go to nationals? I just feel like with how volatile golf is, I just think it would be a damn shame if OU or OSU or Texas goes out and has one bad week or bad – like, for example, even if Carson gets shortened to 36 holes, if they have a bad um, 36-hole day and they finish seventh, I just think it would be a damn shame for a team to not get in just because of a one-round well, tournament. that's what the – it's – this is part of the NCAA tournament, though. Yeah, like, I mean, because you, you look at, like, basketball. Basketball, you go straight from the conference tournament into March Madness, which is the 64-team bracket. So, like, if you gave automatic bids to your conference tournament winners, then would you still host regionals for the at-large teams? You'd have to. Yeah, see, I don't I, like I, that. I, just, I like the current I, system because, I mean, you're supposed to play 54 and over 54 holes. I mean, if you're one of the four best teams in the country, you should be able to finish top yeah. six in your regional. And if you don't, I mean, you 
I, I like I feel how like it maybe is. Maybe you kind of don't deserve to be a Greyhawk it, if you don't finish top six in your gives, regional. It gives a fair chance to teams like Tulsa or UMKC. You know, so like, well, but, what I'm saying is you don't you don't do what the Baton Rouge uh, regional did and give it to all the six top no, teams. No, absolutely I'm saying, not. but like for example, like the, the top six seeds, right? Like for example, so there's six regionals. Mm-hmm. Let's like let, let's take the top six seeds. Let them automatically be in the tournament. Give five spots and allow another at-large team a chance to make it. So, but, so let me throw another ti- wrench, just, wrench just in the an tire idea. here. Just an idea. I'm just throwing another wrench in the tire here. We were just talking about PGA Tour U. So these top six seeds. Fair, very good point. Now Garrett Reban, Quade Cummins, and Austin Eckrow wouldn't be playing this week. Yeah, very they, good point. they wouldn't be able to gain their points. So it could actually end up hurting some individuals. So but, maybe the individual impact on the PGA Tour, you guys, wouldn't be worth it. Because, I mean, really. But that was something that we didn't have to worry about until last year. Right. You know? uh, but, but, but we're also trying to be progressive and T-Dub, not regressive. What you got to understand is this is part of the NCAA tournament. Well, yeah, how, like, much, how much shit do you talk on the NCAA, Sam? I mean, so we, 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 we can't sit here and defend everything they do, right? No, but I like this, this format. This I, has I mean, nothing and, to do And you're with just like NCAA. brainstorming off the top of your head, I you know. You just said it was an NCAA tournament. How can I you know, say it has it, nothing to do with but it? But it's not like, like, the problems I have with the NCAA. But this isn't like sanctions or rules. Yeah. I like the way they're doing it better than better than your proposal. I'm talking about, I, I don't like when the NCAA makes rules that hurt the student athlete. I think if they gave buys in the NCAA tournament, that would hurt the student athlete. Yeah, I, I, I think it would give an, an extra team another shot at a chance to get there. In my opinion, you're so, giving so you're giving you, less spots, but so, you have so more teams at an opportunity. So would you still? So 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 would you only give in your format? Would you only give five spots per regional, or would you still give six? You would, and have you, you, you would give. You would give. You would have to give five. So everybody. So those teams would still have the same chance to get in if you're only giving five. No, you. Yeah, so I would rather have play the better team and have six spots than not play the so, better so team. So th- I guess this is the main question: Would you rather have the six best teams already at regionals, then give five spots at each regional with an extra at-large team with a chance to get there, as opposed to leaving out six extra at-large teams and putting the other six best teams in with a chance to not make it? Yeah, I, I feel like the pros for the other one would be worse. As, the only thing I disagree with is exactly like you said, Kobe, the PGA Tour U and the individual rankings. And but, the fact of college golf isn't the same as like college basketball with RPI or like the BCS or, you know, that, that system. There's not It's not as concrete as some of the other major sports are. But here's my deal, T-Dub. Like, take the Stillwater Regional, for example. You have OSU, who's the one seed, but then you have Illinois, Auburn, Alabama, Baylor, Ole Miss, SMU, and Notre Dame, and then it's a bunch of mid-majors. But basically, my point is, if, you, if you're OSU and you can't beat Notre Dame uh, or Baylor or Ole Miss on your home course, you don't deserve to go to but, the national but, championship but not, anyways. But, but not, not everyone's at their home course. OU's not at their home course. I mean, well, that's it's not I, their fault. But, but, they're I mean, at their, if, I, but I still think if OU, OSU, or Texas doesn't advance this week, then I don't think that they deserve to be at Nationals because, I mean, they're being put in as one of the I best teams in the country. I, I mean, we would have to see how they play, but I would completely disagree. Those three teams have earned their right to be in a national title. If you, I, if you have one bad week of golf, I don't think that... that then what, why I mean, I mean, why for, even have I mean, regionals, then? Okay, so for, the, so three, for all the other 300-something schools that aren't in the damn tournament. So three years ago, in college basketball, Virginia absolutely, in the season, earned their way to the Final Four. And then they lost to the 16th seed. I mean, did they deserve to automatically be put in the Final Four? 
Well, that's not. It's the exact same thing because they're one seeds. Like, it, and no, then no, but, I mean they still no, have the, to go out and play. No, the difference is the comparison of letting that that 16 seed that beat them. You're allowing another 16 seed to get into the tournament with a chance to win. Now, if I did the, if doing. I did the math right, there are 81 teams total in the six regionals. Yeah. If you're not one of the top 81 teams in the country, you don't deserve to be in a regional. My my whole point is is that if you I think that you should have – you play how many ever tournaments in the season for a reason, right? You don't play them – everyone in this in this regional is on the same playing field. Number one and 61 are on the same playing field. The only difference is that OSU just so happened to get to go to their home course. OU has no different advantage than the worst team no, at that region. No, they get to play worse teams. Yeah, they get to play worse teams because they are a better team. So they're rewarded by That's having a That's why OSU a didn't get field. as good of a draw as OU did. Because OSU is the number four overall seed. OU is the number one overall seed. So OU has weaker teams in their region. Yeah. Okay, so the point, so what y'all are trying to say, y'all gave me two different kind of arguments there. You said that OSU has a tougher field because they're lower in the strength, but then you said it was also because of the course. Well, because the course, they, got the course lucky, they, got, they got lucky that, that they were closest to that region. The course is just a coincidence because the course, it, like, it's not like regionals hosted at Carson every year. It's just a coincidence that Regionals is there. Regionals has been there, what, twice in the last 15 years, I think? Yeah. Not including this year. This this year will be three over the course of 15 obviously years. obviously they had the national Okay, well, it's there. like I just like I mentioned earlier. There's not near as much extensive golf coverage like there is with RPI and, base, and basketball and baseball and all that. I just feel like if you have earned your way throughout the season to get to a national championship, you shouldn't be on the same level of playing field as a – this isn't the same regional, but like a Carl's, uh, College of Charleston, that kind of thing. Like OU and them should not have to play and, and just because of also the fact that the tournament could get shortened and have such a huge impact like I'm, I, I don't know guys I, I just it, it was just a random thought now, and, I and, might agree with you if it's shortened to 36 because then that brings like you know, a guy could get hot for 18 holes. You know, I feel yeah, like watch, you should have to I tell play you what, 54 holes. Watch this, Carson. If, if Carson gets shortened to 36 holes and OSU finishes seventh, come to me and, and tell me again that my my philosophy is flawed. Okay, I will do that. I will. Do, I, I like the way they do it. I, I don't, like the way they do it. I, I see what you're saying if, it's, if it gets shortened because then you're basically like, um, you know, Taking the whole year on thirty six holes, so well, yeah. you're you're taking the whole year on fifty four holes anyway. Yeah, I mean that's be, you, you playing from the fall to the spring for a reason. Being better in the regular season gives you an advantage in the postseason. In what? Oh, you have an advantage it, in the postseason. They're not getting strokes like they do in the FedEx it Cup. Doesn't matter. Okay, I mean, that is not an advantage. Okay, that is not that much of an worse players. Well, that well, is not that much of an advantage. One seeds in the NCAA tournament get an advantage. One seeds in the baseball. <laughs> and, and, Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas is far and away. Far away the best team in college baseball it's not even close if they don't win a national title i'll be shocked they're still gonna have to play a regional with three other teams what's in it. the score they're, when they start the game zero to zero they're okay. still gonna have to play a super regional and beat one of the 16 best teams in the country in a best two out of three series just to get to the national championship if you are the best team in the country then when you get to the postseason you've got to show up and perform I'm just saying, guys, OSU finishes seventh and doesn't make it, come to me and tell me I'm wrong. I, I That's will. all I'm going to do. If, I, if, if Texas misses it, they don't deserve if it. Texas if, o, if OU especially does it, t- give me an example. Because y'all say he's number one playing against worse Look, teams. I, I just don't believe in that. There's two. If you're playing against two <laughs> or three other teams or like a college regional where there's only three other teams you're playing against, I understand. Look, but when you're playing against 15 other teams, it just doesn't but add take, up. But take Baylor, for example. Baylor – they they could have been a lot better than their regular season indicated, but instead, since they played so bad coming down the stretch, uh, 
in the regular season in the Big 12 tournament, they're having to play in Stillwater at OSU's home course against OSU and then play against Alabama and Ole Miss and SMU. Okay, we'll flip it on the flip side of that. What if there's a team who did the exact opposite, who was really shit at one point and then started doing good, and now they're in OU's regional and they're trending? Well, that's just how it goes. But that's off of the rankings. My point, goes, my point though. is golf is more volatile than all these other sports. Can we all agree on that? Uh, I mean, t- to an extent, I think taking four of your best five scores evens that out a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I can make the argument that with baseball, if you have one pitcher who, yeah. you know, sprains his elbow on a Wednesday before a Super Regional, you might be in trouble now. Okay, well, this is that's also another good point because you talk about injuries. What if a player for OU or OSU is injured during regionals week and they can't play, but they could play at nationals? So should they just give LeBron the one seed because he was hurt for the end of the season? Well, I'm not. I'm not saying you get in because you were hurt. <laughs> I'm happens, getting in because you earned it. If this you're the number in one every seed, sport, T Dub, this is the national championship, and I would hate it to just give some people some buys, you know, and take chances away from other people because it definitely would be harder for a mid-major team to get in with five spots instead of being able to play them and have six spots. But but that that, that argument you just made totally contradicted itself wow. because if it's easier, you because if OSU is the best team and should make it in, that's automatically a fifth seed taken away. So then you're automatically cutting it down to five anyway. No, because they still have to play well. They That's the whole play. point. But the point is, they would have to, instead of playing against OSU, they'd be playing against another mid-major with another chance to get there. Yeah, I don't know. If you're the 85th best team in the country, I don't have a problem with you getting left out of the, the postseason. How many times has OU finished outside the top five all year? A handful, probably. I don't know. I don't think they have. Maybe I, they haven't. I, I don't, don't know. think they've finished outside the so, top so five. So if they outside, if they finish outside the top five this tournament, they don't get to go to nationals. Yeah, it's my point because is they get to the postseason. They played so bad. If they get to the postseason and choke, then they they shouldn't have advanced to the next stage of the postseason. Agree to agree to disagree. Okay, I let guess. us know on Twitter. Let us know on Twitter yeah. at the seventy third hole. Let us know. Do you like it the way it is, or do you think that the top six national seeds at the end of the regular season should be given automatic berths into the national championships at the seventy third hole? I'm not. On I'm not Twitter. asking they get granted into the match play portion of the damn tournament. I'm just getting asked that they get to play. I'm telling. If OU, OSU, or Texas does not make it, come tell me I'm wrong. But the individuals I, I mean, can still make my it. Opinion. Like the result well, is not going to change my opinion. The individuals can still make result. it too. You uh, know what I mean? Uh, oh, like yeah, if your team plays terrible and you 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 control your own destiny. Okay, so so you're going to tell me the impact's going to be the same if Quaid makes it is the only player from OU to make it as opposed to the team. Well, no, I'm, of course not. No, but I'm saying <laughs> that's so not what I'm saying. No, don't bring up no individual thing here. That's not what we're about here. It's OU. It, we want OU OSU Bedlam. That's I understand what we want. that, but what I'm yeah, saying, yeah, but we want them to earn their way there. <laughs> they by have. Playing well. They Taylor, have. The, the NCAA regionals are part of the postseason. You can't just <laughs> advance through a round of the postseason. This is not a regular season tournament. This is a postseason tournament. You are putting a handful of teams together over a 54 hole stretch tournament to see if they make it. And watch this tournament get shortened to 36 holes. I mean, that's luck of the draw. That's bad luck with weather. Golf is played outside. Well, that's why you make rules to influence bad luck, to make sure that the teams that earned it... We went up and watched it, guys. Then, then, how, do you, then how do you rank six versus seven all year long? I mean, we've got all these I, golf teams playing these different tournaments. How do you determine which team is ranked seven and has to go to a regional and play well to get in, and which team is ranked sixth and automatically gets to go? That, this, I mean, that's very subjective in the, itself. Are you kidding me, Colby? Have you seen the college football playoff system every year? Who yes. is four and five? 
It's a disaster. The college football playoff system's a disaster. <laughs> they should and, go and to he, 16. And you know what? No one else has a right to earn an opportunity in that tournament. Everyone else does here. You have five other teams at each. You have 30 other teams with a chance to get there. All right, we're just we're talking circles around ourselves. Yeah. We're going to run out of time. Uh, let's move on to these other regionals. We've got the Clay 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 Elum. <laughs> Clay, I, I Clay don't know Elum? what this is. Clay Elum. Gosh dang, we're arguing for so long, long. My laptop died, so I don't <laughs> even know where we're at. It's it's C L E E L U M. Two words. C L E is the first word. E L U M. Washington is the second word. It's in Washington. This is Wake Forest, Pepperdine, Florida, Arizona, San Francisco. Those are the top twenty-five teams in this region. Of course, none of them have teed off yet because they're playing in Washington. So we don't have any score updates to give you on that one. Uh, we've also got the Kingston Springs Regional at Kingston Springs, Tennessee. Highest-ranked team in this field is Clemson. Clemson currently sits in twelfth. They are one over through about uh, seven or eight holes on their first round. Other top 25 teams in this region include Vanderbilt, Arkansas, NC State as well, uh, other top 25 teams in this region. San Diego State ranked 26. 26, four, right, yeah. 400, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, I feel like there's one that we're missing, Tallahassee. The Tallahassee, re- Tallahassee <laughs> Regional, if I can get that word Where's out. that at? Texas. Uh, that would be Tallahassee, Texas. <laughs> yep, that's the one right up there yeah. in the panhandle. Uh, Florida State, 13 under. They played uh, seven and nine holes. This course must be playing much easier than some of these other regionals because Florida State's 13 under. Liberty's 10 under. Georgia's nine under. We got a four under for Indiana. Kansas, Big 12. Kansas sitting there at T5. Uh, top 25 teams in this region, Florida State, Georgia, Liberty, and LSU. So listen to these scores from Florida State right now. Um, Cole Anderson, 400 through nine. Um, uh, uh, Brett Roberts, 300 through eight. John Pack, 300 through seven. Vincent Norman, 300 through seven. So that goes to show why Florida State is doing so well. They basically got a buy. They basically got a buy. This is their home course, but I mean, still, they're (laughs) they're LSU's at their home course and they're DFL. Yeah, they're not playing well to start. So it's a good start for Florida State. Uh, Fellas, why don't we actually, before we head on to the PGA Championship, why don't I remind everybody that you need to head out to Diffie Ford Lincoln. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the west of the Metro on I-40 in El Reno. Hop on out there. You can deal directly with the owner, Lane Diffie. They received the prestigious President's Award in 2020. Only dealer in the state of Oklahoma to receive that award in both Ford and Lincoln in the same year. So head on out there, Ford Diffie Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the Metro, serving Oklahomans for 67 years. Gentlemen, Phil Mickelson will be in this year's U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. The USGA announced on Friday that it had extended the special exemption to Phil, and Phil has accepted. He said, winning the U.S. Open has been a lifelong and elusive dream, and I've come close so many times. You can't win if you don't play. I'm honored and appreciative of the USGA for the opportunity, and look forward to playing in my hometown on a golf course I grew up on. A couple of years ago, Phil Mickelson was asked about this exact same situation with special exemptions into the U.S. Open. Let me read Phil's quote uh, on this a couple of years ago when he thought he would be exempt. Phil Mickelson said, and I quote, I won't accept it. So I'm either going to get in the field on my own or I'll have to try to qualify. I'm not going to take a special exemption. They have never been an organization that likes to give out special exemptions. I don't want a special exemption. I think I'll get in the tournament. If I get in, I deserve to be there. If I don't, I don't. I don't want a sympathy spot. If I'm good enough to make it and qualify, then I need to earn my spot 
there. Phil Mickelson, when he was exempt a couple of years ago, was all about earning his way in, and he's changed his tune a little bit now that he needed that special exemption to play Tory. Back then, that's what he has to say back then. I mean, that's the mindset you have to have for yourself. You know, it's one of those things, like, what do you expect him to say? Like, oh, yeah, like... I expect him to say he would take it if he would take it. No, I mean, I think it, you know... He's, that's just an athlete being an athlete, you know, you know, I'm going to earn my way in, you know, and when they don't, he thought about it. He's like, well, might as well take it. You know what I mean? And so like, I don't think he like, he necessarily meant like I would never take it. I think it was more of one of those things like, you know, sticking to your mindset of I'm going to try to earn this, you know? Well, well, you know what? He, he stuck to his mindset and he didn't earn nothing. He earned, <laughs> he earned that sympathy vote like, like he got. And you know what? I don't blame him one bit for taking it. I no. truly don't. The only thing you can blame him for is like you mentioned, Colby, the quote that he said earlier and then, and then accepting it. But at the end of the day, if this was, for example, the Masters or the U.S. or, or not the U.S. Open, the, one of the three majors he had won, eliminating all the entry requirements or anything, you know, if if he if if he had not won one of those other tournaments and um or or if he was not exempt in those other tournaments he had won and then accepted it would be a little different, but for this one to be his Grand Slam accomplishment tournament, and not to mention how much. Is, is there a bigger story besides Tiger's first tournament back that could happen than Phil winning at the U.S. Open? Oh, man. That it would, would be, be the biggest story it would be, in golf. It would be monumental. Monumental uh, in the game I of mean, golf. I mean, you can't – Phil – I think Phil, honestly, to the game of golf, could not accept that just because of that reason. No, no, no. I don't blame Phil at all for accepting it. I remember whenever he gave the quote about not wanting to accept it a couple of years ago, I was like, what a load of crap. Even at the time, <laughs> I was like, that is such a load of crap. If that's the only way he can get in is with a special exemption – He's going to take it into well, the U.S. Open. And it's not like he didn't earn it. I mean, he probably has the best U.S. Open record of all time of anyone who didn't win. Six, oh, there's no six doubt. Runner-ups. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's no denying that. Yeah. I mean, six runner-ups. Has anyone ever had more runner-ups in the U.S. Open? I, no, I don't think it's no, I don't think it's even close. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I was going to throw Jack out there, Jack but Jack probably doesn't because Jack, well, I mean, Jack would win in some of those He did <laughs> have 19 runner-ups, so yeah, some of those he might, might be some U.S. He Opens. might have six U.S. Open runner-ups. Uh, but, yeah, Phil will be in the U.S. Open as he's accepted the special exemption to get in. Uh, of course, that's not being played until June 17th through the 20th at Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines, great major venue. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the U.S. Open there. It'll be Last really time the U.S. Open was there, it was very good. Last time the U.S. Open was there, uh, I've got a picture hanging on the wall in in the back room of our house of Tiger Woods uh, with both fists up in the air after he rolled in the putt on 18. Yeah. Just and, a great week. And, you know, um, they played more than 73 holes that week, guys. Normally, we, everyone comes here for the 73rd right. hole after the tournament. They played 90, so we would have been called the 92nd hole after that week. Yeah, yeah. the 73rd hole was just... Yeah, first, ninety wasn't even hole. enough. It, it was like it, it, it was like a CBS where they would have thir- a Thursday night football on Saturday or something stupid like that. Whenever because they couldn't change the name of the, <laughs> oh, the, the yeah. sponsor or whatever, yeah. but they changed the entire day. It, like it made no sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here, one question I want to ask y'all before we get out of here. I will give y'all a smooth Andrew Jackson, unless y'all have already looked it up. The name of the gentleman who finished solo second behind eight shots behind Rory at Kiowa. I I I already know. I already know who it is. I have so you no go. Idea. I know I mean, who it is. You want to know how bad it is? I punched his name into the World Golf Rankings, and he did not pop up. Um, I'll give Ma- you I'll Michael, gi- Michael Campbell. That was nope. a really good that guess. That was a good guess. Yeah, yeah. I have no he idea. has the it? same name as one of the greatest men in the state of Oklahoma, David Lynn. Really? Yeah. David Lynn was solo second. 
behind Rory. He's from England. He was, funny story. How about this? Funny oh, story. Ahead, ahead. My, my golf coach, uh, Oklahoma Christian golf coach, athletic director, also David Lynn, told me a funny story. He actually got the U.S. Open sectional invitation that this David Lynn was supposed to get in the mail. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, because he was exempt through locals what are the and in the sectional. Both golfers. Wow. Yeah, so he had actually got that. He had actually got the wrong David Lynn's exemption so into sectionals. I actually read a long feature story about David Lynn uh, just one? a couple of days ago uh, <laughs> about the one that finished second to Rory at Kiowa in 2012, and basically he was. Was just kind of a journeyman in golf he his whole thing about golf he just wanted to make enough money to set his family up financially and then he'd be done with golf and he was actually going to quit the game he was going to be done after this season because you know he was just he he'd had his fill of the game of golf he was going to move on then he finishes runner up at the pga gets himself full pga tour status so then he decides okay i'll play a year on the pga tour he plays a year on the pga tour he still has a whole nother year of exemption left off his pga championship runner up uh um, he, he still has his tour card for another year, and he's like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. He, he quit golf. He went back over to uh, Great Britain, I think, is where he's from. Goes back over to Great Britain. He lives with his family over there. He invested in some rental properties, and uh, he just has money rolling in from rental properties and, so, and flip buys and sells and flips houses, and he just – that's what he does now. He's not – he just gave up the game. That's perfect. So how high was he ever in the you, world? You rankings? know, that's what I had to do. I couldn't find him on the official world golf rankings. I did, I was going to play it, but I didn't think we could. But I went to Wikipedia, so uh, put this with a grain of salt. But um, I do have his highest world ranking in front of me. Who wants to guess first? Oh, you go first. Okay, this one I don't know. Hashtag how high? Uh, I'm going to say his highest ever world ranking was 44. That's the range I was thinking. I'll go 45. Oh. oh, you went wrong, won the wrong way, Sam. <laughs> of course oh, was it 43? I did. Uh, 34. Oh, 34. Okay. 34. No, so I was trying, you, you, I was were, you were trying to hedge it because you were <laughs> going to say, I'm going to go one or the other. When he said that, I was like, oh, he really just won dollar bobbed me. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, and I was trying honestly, to do it. I still can't win. I, 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 I remember seeing. <laughs> Should have put pizza on. I, I remember, <laughs> no, then you're guaranteed to win. Um, you I know, need to pay those off, too. God, I'm getting in the hole. Well, yeah, you're starting to add up. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully Damon Lillard Lillard doesn't take any more money from you. But, uh, I mean, 34, that's higher than I would have thought, guys. I remember seeing him on some leaderboards here or there, but um, I. I don't remember him being a, a top 35 player in the world before. That, that so. year, in that story I read, it said the year that he came over and played on the tour, said he made like $1.8 million that year without a win. Yeah. So, well, and, he, and that's not including the PGA Championship money. That's the following PGA Tour season. He's so. played in a whopping uh, six major championships besides his second um, at Kiowa. He finished guess, 20, all missed cuts? Uh, finished 22nd uh, in 2013 at the okay. PGA, which was at Oak Hill. Um, is actually four for six on cuts made. Really? 66%. Nice. Good for him. So, yeah. yeah, not bad at all. So, uh, all right. Uh, by the way, if you want to get Phil, you can get good odds on Phil this week. 300 to one at Kiowa. Anybody? Anybody? 300 no. to 1? No. No? No. What about first-round leader? He was first-round leader a couple weeks ago. I'm telling you, if Phil wins another major, and it's not the U.S. Open, I mean, like, seriously? What the point? What is, what's the point? I mean, yeah, I mean, you're just adding, I mean, I mean, besides the $2 million you're going to get, I mean, what's the point? By the way, Ricky Fowler this week, who is 128th in the world now, 200 to 1 on the odds. Also, a sad week. We knew it was coming. Tiger Woods officially outside the top 100 in the official world golf rankings. Uh, dropped down. He was 97 or 98 going into last week. He now sits 103rd in the official world golf rankings. So I think just, whenever he, he wants he, to play, he'll be able to get in. He's just, yeah, I think he'll find his <laughs> way He's in just setting himself up for another comeback. I, I, he hasn't had enough comebacks in the sport, we'll so see, let's we'll have see another him at Southern one. next year. Can't yeah. wait to watch Tiger play Southern. Oh yeah, that's where he's going to come back. Now he's going to come back at Augusta. 
He'll be back by Augusta next year. I hope so. I, I, I actually think he'll play a tournament before Augusta. I bet he plays. I bet he plays the hero. I bet that's his first tournament back. And he plays the hero. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fact that it was only one leg and not two makes the uh, healing process a lot quicker. But it was like a shattered ankle and I don't know tibia fibula. I don't know which bones which going down there. But uh, he, he'll he's all right. Yeah, he'll be all right. He'll be all right. So <laughs> if not, uh, Charlie will take a spot. Okay, so this is our plan here on the 73rd hole for the next couple days. We're going to monitor the weather at Karsten Creek. Our plan as of right now is to be at Karsten Creek on Wednesday to provide you coverage of the final round of the NCAA Regional at Karsten Creek. Uh, Our plan so then is tomorrow to get together and give our full PGA Championship preview. uh, DraftKings lineups, one-and-done picks, best bets, some head-to-heads. We'll have Woody, Jim Woodward on with us tomorrow. He had more, me and him had more Cabo last year at this tournament, so uh, we'll get some winners. See if he can throw out a dark horse for us this week, maybe John, John Rom or a DJ, JT, somewhere along those lines. Actually, yeah. DJ would kind of be a dark horse because he's coming in way off form. DJ's got the worst got, form he's had. Got the got the knee issues, and let's not forget, guys. If Jordan Spieth wins this week, he's got the career grand slam, and it makes my heart hurt just thinking about it. I'll tell you all this: you guys didn't mention the guy that I'm picking to win the tournament just now. Okay, fair enough. I don't. Me I, either. Me either. Yeah. Me either. Wow, that's scary. Wow. Oh, that means tomorrow's show could get weird. So make (laughs) sure that you join us back here uh, tomorrow on the 73rd Holt, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.